Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, big show coming up, including the return of Davey Tree. I've been telling you about the last couple of days here at KDK and, of course, on my social media platforms. Today's spring checklist with Rob Jack. But before we do any of that, and welcome Doug to his show, The Organic Gardener. Let me remind you that he'll also be at the South Hills Home Show today out there. Andy Amrine talking about that yesterday at Cool Springs. He'll tell you about that. And we're going to give you an opportunity to win a gift certificate right now from Sorgles in Wexford if you're the 10th caller, 412-922-1020. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, DougOster.com. It is the organic gardener, Doug Oster. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Robin. Happy first day of spring at 1130 this morning. It's officially the start of spring, and... Boy, you couldn't ask for anything better for a gardener when you hear that word. I am so excited to get started. A little rain today, which is perfect. Uh, the daffodils are doing their thing. I want to talk a little bit about picking daffodils in a minute. And uh, we're here. We're here. We're here. Uh, I hope I can talk to you today. Don't listen to me blabber on and on and on. If you've got gardening questions, give us a call a little later. Rob will throw the number up. So, yes, today it's the return of our Talking Trees segment with Rob Kruljak from the Davy Tree Expert Company. We'll be on after the news, after the 7.30 break. And we are going through that spring checklist, but the first thing I'm going to ask him about is uh, can we still prune oaks? Uh, we need to talk about that. Uh, we have to be very careful about when we prune oaks, and we've certainly talked about this on the show before, but... So tune in for that. And did you get your peas started on St. Patrick's Day? Uh, I did. <laughs> and if you didn't, this is the time to get all this stuff started, you know, all the early crops. It's funny. I, I talk to people all the time, and, and they just, they're like, really? This early? All these things, peas, radishes, beets, Swiss chard, lettuce, arugula, carrots. Ra- did I say radishes again? <laughs> They all love cool weather. They need cool weather. Uh, you know, obviously with rain today, soil's probably too wet to work. I, you know, I say it over and over again. If the soil's too wet, just throw some compost on top. If that soil sticks to the shovel, just throw some compost on top. Get a bag of compost from your local nursery and get some stuff in the ground. Uh, it's so much fun to see it sprout so early, and you'll be harvesting before normal and I'm putting quotation marks around that, normal people will harvest. And so extend the season. And last Thursday uh, on St. Patrick's Day, I started my new series of free virtual 10-week organic gardening classes, uh, which will take you from starting those seeds 
all the way through May, planting all the warm crops, and it's all courtesy of Farm to Table of Western Pennsylvania. You can access the classes every Thursday at 5 o'clock live. That's a good way to do it because we talk back and forth and answer questions and that sort of thing. But once you get registered and everything, you can look at the past classes just on tape. Not on tape, but, you know, computer. (laughs) You can just play them. And I'll be, co- you know, we're covering seed starting, composting, kids gardening, plant propagation, just a ton of stuff. And it's absolutely free. You can register right now. Go to DougOster.com for all the details. And we're having so much fun. Boy, I answered a lot of questions after the show, uh, after the classes last week. And it's it's just, I just want to give that to you for free. We have so much fun going back and forth. So just think about that. And as Rob said, I'll be appearing today at the South Hills Home Show at 2 p.m. It's at the Cool Spring Sports Complex, giving a little talk, garden talk, but I've got a special surprise for you, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you're going to like it when you come. It's something unusual to plant, seed-wise. That's all you get to know. <laughs> it's going to be a, it's a great outdoor show there. Uh, so down at the Cool Spring Sports Complex, Complex today at 2 p.m., all right, off the daffodils. I hope you have some early daffodils blooming. I have some blooming, and there's nothing like the start of the season with daffodils. Once the daffodils come, there's no turning back. Yes, there will be snow, but there'll be onion snows, and they'll, they can't you can't get cold enough to to slow down those daffodils. And so, when you are picking them for a vase inside, don't just cut them off where you have that hollow stem. Reach down and push down and just gently pull them up and separate them from the bulb. And so that at the end of the stem, you see kind of a solid little white thing there instead of hollow. Now, I do have a video at DougOster.com that shows exactly how to do this. But this will make your daffodils last so much longer indoors. And, oh, just just having a vase full of daffodils... I love the fragrance of daffodils, and each one has a different uh, fragrance. And it's just, it's just spring. It just it smells like spring to me. And before we get our break, I want to talk real quick about getting your tomatoes started and already preparing the soil so that you will have the first tomatoes of the year but also disease-free tomatoes. And so this is the time when we start planting tomatoes indoors, tomatoes and peppers, all sorts of other things. My main crop doesn't go until April 1st, and I know that might seem late to you, but you don't want them to be too big. And I have a little greenhouse, so, you know, they get hot and, and sunny and get big enough. And But I'll start some now, some of the early ones. And so choosing a tomato that is ready to harvest early is one of the keys. And so there are many tomatoes. You know, early girl is one of my favorites. 20 years ago, it might be 20 years, uh, I did a test with all the early tomato seeds I could find. And I gave them to a farm. And I said, all right, you grow all these out. Let's harvest them when we can and see which one wins the the official best early tomato. And it was early girl, you know, which I didn't think would happen at all. I thought it would be some weird thing. I had tomatoes earlier than early girl, but they didn't taste like tomatoes. <laughs> Early girl is a good one, but early girl, sun gold, which is a cherry, that's 47 days from transplant. There's one called Red Racer that uh, I tried. It's an All-America selection that comes, a really early tomato, 
Fourth of July is another one. You can find lots of different seeds right in the rack right now for an early tomato. Nothing wrong with starting one for mid-season or late-season now, too, but to get that race going, you get that early tomato seed started, and uh, it's pretty easy to do. Anytime you're going to start seeds indoors, you need lights. You go to your local hardware store, go to one of our local nurseries, and get some LED lights so that you have bright light and that seed that seedling will just be nice and stocky and and happy and ready to go out into the garden and even this early if you know where your tomatoes are going to go i like to put some landscape fabric over there temporarily to warm up that soil it lets the water through but every time the sun hits that black landscape fabric it heats up the soil and that's what tomatoes need they need a warm soil. Any way you can get that soil warmed up before you put them in the ground, uh, in, you know, when we get to mid-May, is going to help push that tomato along and make it more disease-resistant because it, the soil is warmer and the tomato is going to be happier. When we plant tomatoes, you know, I'm going to pull that landscape fabric off there. I'm going to put that tomato in. I'm going to mulch it right away which you might think, well, you're going to mulch it? That's going to cool things off. But it's going to stop those spores from splashing up onto that tomato, and that's going to be a good thing and keep it healthy. All right, Rob, let's get a break. And tell you what, could you tell the people the number to, to call? I want to talk to some gardeners today at the first day of spring. 412-922-1020 to get your question in. For Doug, it's 412-922-1020. All right, just about 20 minutes away from the first Davy Tree Talking Tree segment of the year, Spring Checklist with Rob Kruljack and Doug Oster. But there's some folks that want to talk to Doug, so let's get right to it. Ed, you're on KDKA with Doug Oster, the organic gardener. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Peas, do you uh, soak them before you plant them? I do, I do. I like to soak them overnight. They're really the only seed that I ever soak. Um you know, I've seen some people say to soak bean seeds, but they, they sometimes they'll crack. And so, yeah, overnight I'll soak them in water. It just makes them sprout a little sooner. The, the weather's been pretty pretty warm, and and you should get germination without much problem. But that just speeds things up a little bit. Do you use inoculate? That's a great question uh, because I do I do not, and it's just really because of laziness. And so, so a lot of times people, when they're planting their peas, They'll use something called inoculate. They'll soak the seed. Then inoculate is kind of a powder that helps the uh, seed nitrogen fix, they call it. And so it's supposed to make a, a better pea. But they say also, you know, and this is just, this isn't science for me. This is just what I've, I've read here and there and talked to other gardeners, that for, the, for peas, when you have good compost, the inoculate is not that big of a deal. Now, I know that a, a lot of gardeners swear by that inoculate and you can find that at any good nursery when you when you uh when you're looking for your pea seeds there's no harm in using the inoculate at all and and maybe it will get you a, a better harvest out of your peas but for me just planting them in good compost gets me gets me what i need out of my peas do they swell up any definitely they'll go three times as big as the dried pea that's what Kind of makes it so. That's the problem I got now because I'm running them through a machine, and the ones I got they're so small, two at a time, and if they swell up, it it helped me because that way they drop. Other than that, trying to run them through a machine, they uh, 
Jeez, how many peas are you planting? Pardon? How many seeds are you planting? A couple pond. <laughs> you, well, what's going on? Do that, that, what, are you a are you a pea farmer or or, no. or are you a pea lover or what's going on? Well, whatever. I got a lot of lot of lot of neighbors, a lot of friends. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, what what variety of pea are you planting? Do you know? These are uh, sugar sap sprint. Oh man! Well, what a great thing. Yeah, I guess in your case, then I guess going through you know a seeding machine, you couldn't soak them. But I think you'll be okay because well, of the warm I'm thinking temperatures. it help because what's happening? It, it wants to put two seeds at one time in a hole, to, right? In the, in the wheel. This way, if it was bigger, that it couldn't do that. Right. Gosh, I'd like to hear how that all works out for you. Okay. Thank uh, you. All right, thank you. All right, if you'd like to talk to Doug, 412-922-1020. Here's Kathy. She's next on KDK. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Doug. How are you both doing today? Good, good, good. Real good. Hey, I'm super excited to get into my outdoor living space. My my house is small, but my outdoor living space is very large, and I like to spend a lot of time outside. So, The first flowers I always see that are out are pansies, and I see them now uh, for sale. But I always hesitate to buy them because I'm afraid, you know, they might get um, frost on them if we get another frost. So can you tell me about um, how to take care of the pansies? I'd rather just go ahead and buy them and start having some flowers around. But do I need to be watching the weather all the time and bring them in? And How do I, do I do Great question, because I had pansies on my list to talk about today, and so it's perfect timing, and no worries on pansies. Now, let me just show you how tough pansies are. So I talk about this greenhouse I have. It's an unheated greenhouse, old, single-pane glass. It gets almost as cold out there as it does in your outdoor space, you know, a little bit warmer. And I've had pansies out there all winter in flats that I bought at the end of the season and in uh, bowls, and they just look great. Uh, I know it seems early to put anything out in the garden, but pansies are, are just like the peas, the lettuce. The other things I've talked about, they love cool weather. You're not going to have to bring them in and out. Now, we are early in the season, and so usually what I do with, with pansies this time of the year is I'll put them in containers. I you don't have to be in containers. I love them that way. And I keep those containers relatively close to the house just to give them a little bit of extra warmth. Um, and then as we get another couple weeks into this, I can move those those containers further and further out. But go out and get some pansies, Kathy. You, you, you're going to love it. You know, get, get a flat of them. Get a bunch of different colors and, and fill up those pots or fill up a little garden bed with them. And they're tough as nails. They're going to go for you. You know, when I plant these in the fall, I'll plant I'll plant in October, and they'll go all the way at least at least until Christmas or longer. And so we're not going to certainly not going to have any weather like that. Every every time we do get that cold spell, where you know we'll get we'll seriously get 12 degrees, maybe colder. But the pansies just kind of uh, go into like a suspended animation. As soon as it warms up, boom, they're back. So get out there and okay, get some pretty so, happy happy pansy flowers and enjoy that outdoor space, and good for you. Okay, so the, they have them in hanging baskets, but can I actually plant them in the ground as well? 
as, again, as long as that ground is able to be worked, as long as it's not too wet, yes, you could put them right in the ground. That would be fine. They would be happy there. Uh, you know, the thing with the, the the pots and being close to the house is just you you get a little bit of extra protection. But I'm, I wouldn't worry about that this late in the season at all. Uh, anywhere you want to put them, they're going to be happy outdoors. Take a leap of faith and do it. Uh, trust me. And uh, Okay, I'll do that. Thank you so much, Doug. I'm excited. Let me know how it turns out. I will. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Doug, coming up, tell the folks, spring checklist, Rob Krujak, first one of the year, Davy Trees, Talking Trees. So what does that checklist mean? Oh, boy. It means looking up, <laughs> looking up at those trees and seeing what's, what's doing. Uh, that's one of the things anyway, but there's a lot of things to, to look at in your landscape as we get started here uh, that need to be done uh be, before we take any steps further, and Rob's going to give us all sorts of information on that. Of course, as I said, I'm going to talk all about uh, the importance of when to plant or when to prune oaks and if we can still do it. All right, and don't forget, folks, in the uh, fourth and final segment, we'll be talking trees as, as far as you, the listener. You'll have a chance to talk to Rob and Doug and anybody on hold right now. We'll get to you as well. But it is the first of the year, so spring officially does arrive in a couple of hours from now. But it is now officially spring on the Organic Gardener because Davy Trees, Talking Trees, Rob Krueljack, spring checklist coming up in just a couple of moments. Time for Talking Trees with Rob Krueljack, and we're talking spring checklist. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good morning, Doug. Doing well. Yourself? I'm doing great. Before we get to our spring checklist, though, I want to talk about oak pruning. Uh, yep. Tell me if we still have time to, to cut oaks and, and explain the importance of the timing with oaks and how critical it is for these trees. Okay. Good Good question. Good, uh, good topic. Um, so uh, with climate change affecting our, our, our seasons a bit here um, you know the the old cutoff date for oak pruning was you know between November and let's say mid-April um, the reason is the trees start to become active the sap starts flowing uh, the, the beetle that can transmit the oak wilt fungus becomes active and we start to worry about the oak wilt uh, fungus uh, getting into our oak trees which which will kill an oak in a matter of weeks if it, if it uh, you know, gets the fungus. Um, so not pruning them during the warm summer months uh, is, is extremely important. This year, I the weather's getting warmer. We're probably going to go in our Davy North office another week or so, maybe two, um, but we won't go much into April at all. Um, we're trying to wrap them up here by the end of March just because the weather is getting uh, a little bit warmer each year and a little bit earlier. And in your experience, have you always known about oak wilt? Is this something that's always been taught or is this something that, I know it's been taught, but is this something that, that's worse now than it was in the past or is it, or are we just seeing just the same continuation of, of oak wilt? No, it, it's, it's definitely more prevalent now. Um, when I started tree work back when I was, you know, 15, 16, um, 30 some years ago, uh, they, we didn't, we didn't have oak wilt. So we could prune oak trees all summer long, and it was kind of nice, you know, climbing big, big, big trees, and the, the summer's a lot easier than in the dead of winter. Um, but, yeah, it, it's become a problem uh, here in, in Pittsburgh and Allegheny County especially. Um, you know, you go out to, you know, Philadelphia and areas out in other parts of Pennsylvania, and they don't have the problem as much, mm -hmm. if at all. 
So yes, it's something that that's a rather newer, you know, in the past, you know, 20, 30 years, a newer problem that we have in our landscape, but something that's very serious because it can spread from tree to tree. You know, once one tree gets it, uh, it can go to another oak nearby through root grafting under the ground. Um, and it really needs taken care of immediately or it can affect a whole forest of oak trees, which we've seen in, in our, our some of our uh, city parks like Frick Park and um, Shenley and such. We've, we've had major stands of oak trees uh, succumb to oak wool. Oh, that's sad. Well, let's get into our spring checklist. And I've mm-hmm. often often mentioned that uh, it's important to look up in the spring. Is is that the first direction we're looking, or are we looking down when we're thinking our spring checklist from your point of view i think looking up is a, is a good good way to put it you know just looking out my window here this morning and you know i'm already noticing some you know buds pushing out on my red maples and my my weeping willows actually you know almost yellow to green at this point already um so yeah looking up we can start to see what's uh what survived the winter months and what's um coming out going to be blooming here in the spring for us elm trees should be budding out right now too um, you, know, you can start to notice where you know a part of a tree is not not developing, not coming out. The branch may have uh, shed off during the the winter months, so we can start thinking about our pruning and what's going to need done there. Yeah, how long do we wait? I guess it depends on on each tree. You know, like you said, for me actually, this time of the year, just driving down the freeway and seeing the maples start to swell, that 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 d- deep red color uh, is indicative of of you know, no turning back. Here's spring. But if I am looking at a tree, uh, how do I know? How long should I wait till it it leafs out? Would it, it if the if the if three quarters of it is leafing out and one isn't, do I wait or do I worry? Oh, uh, good question. I, if three quarters is seeing active, new, fresh bud growth and, and bud swelling, and a, 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 what a third or a quarter isn't, then yeah, that's probably a time to maybe make a call to you know, have a, an arborist come out and take a look at that because the it, it, the tree should be keeping up, you know, uh, what's the word, um, you know, all at the same time, uh, yeah. uh, symmetrically, ever, you know. Um, but, you know, some trees can fool you, like our um, black walnuts and our black locusts. I mean, they, they can look dead well after, you know, some of our other trees have uh, come into full leaf. So, um, you know, you got you to gotta know your tree and know if there is a serious problem with it or if you don't, yeah, you, Get an arborist out there and maybe help you figure that out. Tell me a little bit about your feeling as we go into spring, as as your job is going to ramp up. I mean, I know you were working all winter, and mm-hmm. I, that can't be fun. But now we get into the season. When I look at spring, I'm like, I'm dancing around. Oh, oh, oh spring, yes, hooray! But spring to you means like, all right, here we go, another season. I got to get to work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's going to ramp up fast. Um, you know, we still have plenty of work that we're wrapping up over the winter, but the, the phone calls will start coming in, and, and we're going to start, you know, really really pushing to get out to see everybody and see their problems. Um, and, uh, yeah, pruning this time of year is good, you know, especially on those uh, those plants that, you know, bloom on the new growth. Um, I was just had a, a, a personal call from a, a cousin of mine who was asking about his butterfly bushes and when the best time to cut those back. And since they bloom on their new growth, you know, spring now is a good time to, to reduce them if you need to, if they've outgrown their space and if you want, you know, fuller, fuller blooms this, this summer. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's an important time of year. It's a busy time of year for sure. Things start so happening this- fast. 
the second most popular guy at the party after the doctor is the tree doctor, right? <laughs> right. Because uh, yes. cousins are calling, friends are calling. Um, t- talk a little bit about that, about uh, dispensing so much Im- information out this this uh, time of the year. It, it, it uh, you know it makes you feel good. It makes you feel uh, helpful, and um, you know to, to pass on this advice. And then you you think that you know that advice you give to one person, it spreads to the next, and you know they can share that knowledge. So. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a nice feeling to be able to help out with something you're you're knowledgeable of. What are some other uh, trees that would be okay to prune this type of time of year? And then, if you could, after that, what were the things that we wouldn't want to prune that that we might be taking off some of the buds or, or flowers? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it, the, the springtime. I mean it. Short of our oaks and our elms, once we get into the, the warmer summer months, those are the ones that really we have a, a, a deadline or a, a window only to to prune. Um, everything else out there is, is, is pretty fair game. Um, the, the the maples, you know, I was just having a discussion about this with a, another arborist friend of mine about, you know, maple pruning um, should be done in uh, after after the trees completely come into leaf. Now, I, I've dug into this more. We've just been having a discussion on it. But, you know, I, I've definitely received calls uh, after we've pruned some maples in the early, you know, early summer, early spring, and the, the sap starts running out of the, the wounds. And you know, we've gotten calls where, oh, my gosh, you've you got to come back. My tree's bleeding to death. <laughs> and it, it, it won't. Um, that's, it, is, it is. Sap is running, but it's not going to, you know, you not make it to the rest of the tree and bleed out. But those sorts of questions do come up. Um, but, no, there, there's very few things that are only time-sensitive as far as introducing, like, insect or disease issues to the tree if you do it the wrong time of the year. So let me sh- see if I have this right. For my own maples, like, say, little maples, like Japanese maples that I would be mm-hmm. wanting to make a few cuts on, prefer to do that when it's completely leafed out is that is that what you're saying that's that's what i'm going to look into i i i've never been that's never been a formal teaching of ours or that something that's been um you know a, a steadfast rule like oaks in the summer months can't be pruned you know um but we're, we're going to look into this a little bit further maybe it was something that was a uh, you know an older older knowledge that just hasn't been updated yet you know um practices do change through the years so I, at least I, I don't want to be quoted on anything with this yet, but it's it's something that, no, at this point, prune your maples. It's okay if they sap out a little bit. Do it any time of year, um, okay. and, and they'll, they'll be fine. And then the one thing that, that I worry about people doing is not knowing that something like a dogwood, a rhododendron, an azalea, would have those big fat buds sitting on there, and if you did cut those off, you would be cutting off your flowers. It wouldn't hurt the the health of the tree, right? But if you were if you were looking forward to those blooms, and we only have about a minute left, uh, yeah. you would want to leave yeah, leave exactly. those on until until they're done flowering. Right, right. Yeah, that's what I tell people. Yeah, we can do we can reduce this big rhododendron down below your window now, but you know you won't have the blooms you would have because we're going to be removing those if we do it this time. All right, Rob, hang in there. We are going to yeah. uh, take questions uh, the next uh, after the next break here. And for more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to Davy, 
com slash KDKA. And remember, you can always call the experts at Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. All right. If you have a question for Rob, Doug, about trees, call us, 412-922-1020. Next hour, rotisserie chicken recipes. Joe and Frank Dentisi on the Coons Cooking Hour. Rob Pratt Sunday. KDK 100.1 FM AM 1020. Stay with us. Good morning, everybody. All right. If you have a question about trees, now would be the time to call because Rob Krulljack is here. It is Talking Trees, Davy Trees, every other Sunday throughout the season. But Doug's going to be somewhere today at 2 o'clock, and he's got a special treat for you. Right, Doug? Oh, that's right. Come see me today, 2 p.m., the South Hills Home Show at the Cool Springs Sports Complex. And I'm teasing you. I'm not telling you what I'm going to give you. I'll tell you that it's a type of seed, but it's something you've probably never grown before. So come see me, Cool Springs Sports Complex, today, 2 p.m., South Hills Home Show. We're going to have so much fun. I'm going to be talking gardening and giving you your special treat. And, Rob, if we do get a call, feel free to interrupt us. But now back to Rob Krulljack from Davy Tree. And, Rob, I, I want to talk first about is it – as busy in the winter as the spring, or or not so much? Um, busy in the sense of having work to do, yes. Uh, our office in particular, I mean, we, we work all year long steady, um, mainly because of, you know, a big part of it is the oak trees. You know, we, we sell them all year long, but can only do them for a short window of the year. So, um, yeah, the, the work is steady. The calls slow down through the winter, of course. Um, nobody's outside, you know, people aren't outside as much looking around and noticing problems, but, um, you know, come, come this time of year, you know, the, the, the phone calls start ramping up and uh, the sales arborists are going nonstop. So it's, well, uh, I want to talk, yeah, the, the, I want to, I want to talk about the importance of having a certified arborist come because I've been walking through a new neighborhood and I'm very upset and I, <laughs> I think you and I are the type of people that are getting upset at this. Somebody's working on these trees, and they're telling people, you've got to cut the top of these maples off every year. That's part of your annual tradition. They're topping maples. And yes, that really upsets me because I, I can't stand to see people get ripped off. I hate that. I hate right. when people are, mm-hmm. are spending money for no reason, just because somebody is pretending to be an expert. And just tell me a little bit about that. How, why does, how does that come up? Why are people doing that? You know, this is something I'm very, very passionate about, Doug. This is something I try to promote personally, but also through my work with the Pendel uh, International Society of Arbor Cultural Chapter, um, is, you know, what is an ISA certified arborist and what's the importance of hiring one? And and that's a big one. You're exactly right. There are people getting poor quality work that they're being told or sold to as this is what needs done. And what it's really doing is setting these trees up for failure in the future, especially with the case of, you know, topping trees. And uh, not only is it, you know, one of the worst things you can do for the tree itself health wise, but, you know, all of that new growth that these trees, oh, it'll push out new growth. The new growth that the tree pushes out is going to be poorly attached to the stem where it was, where the stem was cut off. So, and then the tree is going to grow back twice as fast as it was growing before it was topped. So, you know, when someone says, oh, my tree is getting too big and someone says, oh, well, then we'll top it. Well, that tree is just going to grow faster than it was before and get even bushier and bigger. 
And then wherever all those stems, all that new growth is growing out, that tree is going to start to decay there. And now we have this big, long, accelerated growth, poorly attached, that breaks off when we have storms and, you know, other types of, uh, of events. Um, so, yeah, knowing that, you know, asking for those credentials, going on the, the treesaregood.org website and verifying a credential or if somebody says to you that they're an ISA or they're an arborist of any sort, ask them for their certification number. Every ISA certified arborist has their own ID number. They and we'll be happy respect. to give it. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yes, we're proud of those credentials. We work hard for them. You know, we, we, we maintain our education throughout, you know, the, every year to, to commute with credits. I mean, this is something that, yeah, all arborists are passionate about. So, you know, th- there's only one standard for an arborist that's recognized, and that's the ISA certified arborist. You know, if someone's could... a tree whisperer or a tree doctor or an arborist, you know, they, they have not passed the same qualifications to hold that title as a true ISA certified arborist. All right, Rob, I'm going to leave it right there. That is great stuff. Now, remember, for more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdka. You, you heard how important it is to have a certified arborist come and, and what can happen if you don't. And remember, you can always so, call those ex- experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. Rob, thanks again, as always. Now, after the show here, I'm going to be answering questions, as I always do, at DougOster.com. If you did not get through, if you've got some questions about your trees or if you've got questions about your garden, come there. Today I will be at uh, the South Hills Home Show at 2 o'clock. That's at the Cool Springs Sports Complex with my special little gift for you. I think you're going to love it. And at the website, you can also get all the information on how to sign up for my free 10-week classes. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer. With each seed you sow and every garden you grow. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.